the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Welcome to Dreams Not Memes Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Dreams Not Memes. I'm here with my friend Alexander, who's from the Australia area, down under, a little south of Sydney. Alexander is a crooner musician who plays piano and sings. And today, we're going to talk to Alex about his story. How's it going? Um, well, yeah. I'm doing well, doing well. <laughs> How did you get into playing piano? Well, that starts off with my mother, as most stories probably do with most people. <laughs> um, uh, she she used to play uh, piano back in high school, um, and she always wanted a piano in the home. And she ended up buying a, a old honky tonk piano, you could say. It's 120 years old or whatever. Um, and she wanted just to get it for herself. And if one of, because I've got two brothers as well, if one of us wanted to learn to play, she'd go on with it. And she was teaching my brothers and whatnot. And, but I was the only one who really wanted to learn it. <laughs> so uh, then from there, um, she ended up um, getting me lessons. And, uh, that's where I started in music. Um, so I was classically trained on piano for about um, three, four years. Um, and then during high school, uh, that's when I started to play um, popular music and um, and started to sing along with what I was playing. And one of the first popular songs I actually learned was... Um, Desperado by the Eagles, and the second one I learned was I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith, which, surprise, surprise, that's a song I've recently um, recorded. Uh, we'll get into that a bit later, but um, and from there, I, I don't know, a few, um, a few great performances. Um, when I was in high school, uh, biggest one that I had was um, a thing called Southern Stars. And we, we play that in the um, entertainment center uh, here in Wollongong. And from there, I was playing to around 5,000 people over four nights. And I was only, how old was I? I was 14 years old at that time. And I was playing uh, Candle in the Wind, uh, a tribute to Princess Diana. Um, I was playing that over four nights and it was just me and the piano. And I think that was one of the only times they ever let a performer play their own music as a solo act. And, uh, Oh God, as a 14 year old, but that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, Oh, that was a whole lot of fun. Um, then from there, I've done a few little musicals here and there in school, out of school, just trying to keep active. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, the next major thing, um, I started my own Christmas carols here um, in Wollongong in the uh, Illawarra. Mm -hmm. And um, I started that when I was 15, 16. And the first two years were literally just myself and um, my uh, mother, um, just organizing um, the whole Christmas carols. Um, and that's everything going through council. And because of rage, I couldn't do it by myself, all the council forms. And um, 
first two years we were donating back to the disability trust um and we ended up in the first two years um raising ten thousand dollars for them which um heck that was um that, that was really great and we put on a great show for the community fireworks everything and and then from there the next few years I, I worked with that for the next two years but the disability trust and the salvation army they came on board and they were helping me organize it and i was pretty much just a stage manager not stage manager um what's a right term uh, one who organizes the music end of things music director director yes music director <laughs> how, how can't i get that in my head Gotcha. Uh, I think I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was essentially the music director for the next two years. And I was I was always singing and performing at those events. And that's where I really to hone in I, I started to hone into the type of music that I um that I enjoy. Now for me, I, I like a whole lot of things original. And when it came to the Christmas carols. Uh, I didn't necessarily like all these different and odd type um, remixes and rearrangements of classic Christmas songs. I only wanted the classic ones. So I was getting people like Bing Crosby, the Andrew Sisters, Dean Martin, the original people. Mm. And that's where I really started listening to um, or classic jazz, music from the uh, 40s, 50s. Started off with uh, Bing Crosby. Uh, he was a great influence, one of the earlier crooners. And then I worked my way to Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Nat King Cole. Many of the um, gentlemen who I, um, who, who, who I follow and uh, who I love. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, a few years would go past and... Uh, I'd, I'd be doing gigs every now and then at the lobby bar at the Novotel here in Wollongong, a few private functions around, just trying to get gigs and started a full-time job once I finished school and, you know, just trying to live. <laughs> true, 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 true. So I think it's really interesting how, like, Christmas music took you to jazz because, like, any musician that, like, studies Christmas music would also say Christmas music traditionally is jazz, you know. Um, yeah. I'd like to know, do you write original music as well? Uh, yes, I do. Um, gotcha. Yeah, um, I've written a few songs. I've actually recorded one on um, the first album that I've released um, a year ago. Um, and the type of music that I write is... Um, is Whatever I'm listening to at the moment. I definitely feel that. So, yeah. So uh, the first, um, well, the first um, com composition that I um, wrote and recorded on on the first album, that one, I was, uh, I don't necessarily write for myself. I write for certain people mm. that I have in my head and then I'll rearrange it for myself. So the first song that um, I was writing for Nat King Cole, I could imagine him singing it in a certain type of arrangement, and that's how I composed it. And then um, when I recorded that, I recorded it um, 
by myself in a different type of feel. Uh, it was like a like a tango type feel song, and um, I recorded it with a four piece band: myself on the piano, a double bass player, a guitarist, and a drummer. And um, yeah, that, that one that one's a nice song, but but with, with every nice song that you write, there's probably a hundred songs that you write that you don't like that just get yes. piled away somewhere. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's so true. <laughs> and like, and, and I love that you, you brought in, cause that, that was my next question. Like how does jazz influence your writing process and things like that? Can you tell me a little bit about things that you're doing now and touch on the Aerosmith cover that you did recently? Well, um, the Aerosmith cover, um, that one, but I first, um, when I first thought about doing it and um, when I sent off the pre-recordings to um, John Capek to see if he'd like to get involved, mm-hmm. I literally turned that song right on top of its head. You could not tell um, in any sense other than the chorus that it was, um, I don't want to miss a thing. Um, I completely changed the melody, the chords. I kept but sort of manipulated so i've done quite a lot and um then when i started working with john capek we go for legal reasons we won't change the melody as much we'll just <laughs> just so you don't need to uh go through the whole process and everything so we kept more to the original melody which i actually am happy that we did that because we brought it out in such a way that it's it's a very beautiful song, the way that we've um, interpreted it. And um, with the arrangement that's um, on the new single, um, it was essentially me and John Capex sitting the way that you and I are sitting right now over Zoom. And we're going through, he'd record something, we'd get together, we'd talk about it, see what we want to change and, see how we like it and then we'd work on the vocals we'd see okay we've got to use the original melody but certain types of licks in it um and really getting in depth with exactly how we wanted it and that's why john capek working with him was absolutely amazing i haven't worked with anyone like that ever and it's um it's just really great um he's truly shown me from if you listen to my original album in comparison to this new song just how more professional this um newer release is and yeah um from there he recorded um oh well but he recorded the piano and um started getting all the um all the great musicians involved, like um, Bruce Dees, uh, Victor Krauss, Mark Beckett, who have all worked with um, absolutely great musicians, and they came up with a brilliant um, arrangement, which um, when I was actually recording the vocals for it, um, all I was recording to was just a piano track. So the first time I heard it was um, close to when everyone else heard it on the release date. Mm-hmm. And I was just astounded with what he had done. It's 
Um, like I knew what it was going to be because we'd been practicing it and, but the arrangement behind it, um, he, he blew out of the water. Um, and yeah, working with that song, uh, well, uh, it's just such a, such a great piece. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. I'm probably going in circles right now. Yeah, no, it's completely fine. Well, like, yeah. I'd like to ask, like, you know, working with this producer, have you worked with producers before? Is this, like, the producer that's, like, allowing you to craft your sound in a way that you haven't done so before? Because, like, I could hear the excitement in your in your voice. And, like, do you plan on, like, working – do you plan on working on a full-length album or an EP with, with John? Um. Hopefully, hopefully we can. Um, it'd be it, it'd be great to work with him on on a full length. But um, as of now, I feel like the best um, strategy for me in order to promote myself is to um, release singles along the way, and um, hopefully, sometime in the near future, um, I can bring together a full album again, like I had done with my first one. Um, but in a professional manner, um, I, I'd prefer for a full length album. I think it'd be much better to work in person. Um, so hopefully in the future, I head over to Nashville and we'll record it over there. Um, just because of facilities down here close to um, myself in Wollongong, we had, um, we have um, we do like Main Street Studio. That's where I recorded the vocals, which that's a good studio for recording vocals, um, but not necessarily um, instrumentation. It's um, it doesn't have the space for that. And in Sydney, there's some great places, but and I, I I'd prefer to sing along with a. I, I'd like I like more of a live feel when it comes to recordings. Mm. Um, and in the first um, album I recorded, um, all the instrumentation was taken in one take and all the vocal was taken in one single take, uh, which is different to um, the new single, which um, we, we did chop and take it out to have the best arrangement, which um, produces the best product. Um, yeah. And that that's where... Um, and that's where John Capek dis, um, like distinguished this new um, single from, you could say my first album being mediocre um, to the second album, or to this single, which is like very professional. Like I'd put it in a mix of um, my playlist and you could, like, you can barely tell it's out of place if, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And um, on the first um single I recorded. I did work with a different um, producer. Well, he helped produce it for me. He was my singing teacher um, at the time. And he did help me out quite a lot. But um, I, I was left doing most of the producing and making up most of the decisions myself, which um, I feel like um, when recording, I, I am like very... Um, very harsh towards myself and very, um, what's the word? Are you like a very strict perfectionist? I am an 
awful perfectionist. Yeah. I completely get it. And um, to have um, someone else there saying, no, it's actually like confirming for me or um, telling me what the problems are. I can listen back and go, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that is a problem. Let's fix it up. Do this, do that. And all in the mix of the moment, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I've lost my train of thought right there. (laughs) You mentioned Nashville as a, you know, a musician from Australia, like while travel is not a thing that's happening now. Yes. One, have you been traveling internationally as a creator pre-COVID? And two, post-COVID, do you have any goals to perform or record across the world? Um, I do I do have goals to perform across the world. Pre-COVID, I wasn't necessarily performing mm-hmm. um, anywhere internationally because I was trying to establish my um, a name for myself here. And... Um, with certain things like the Christmas carols I was organizing um, and certain um, productions I was doing down here. Um, I didn't necessarily have the time to travel overseas specifically for music, but um, I do um, hope to perform um, overseas if it's in America, um, if it's in um, Europe, um, or if it's in um, Asia, which um, um, I'll, I'll go specifically with Europe right now, um, where my background's from in the um, Balkans, um, oh, I'm planning on once, well, I was planning last year before the whole COVID thing, I was planning on actually heading over there and um performing um over there in um Banyaluka in um in Bosnia because that's where a lot of my family is from mm-hmm. or part of my family is from and um my cousin works there in the um council and she was very willing to help me actually um um set up a performance um gig there um in, in the city and well, th- this was, she was offering that a while back when I was 16, 17 years old, when I was over there for a trip for the first time. And she's always said, I've met her a few times, she's come to Australia once. And I, I just thought, yeah, you know, it'd be great to go over there just to play to a different type of audience. True. Um, and just to see what the feel is, because obviously in Australia and different countries and continents, there's different types of markets. Sure. Um, I, I feel like in Australia, it's um, more towards popular music. And whilst in America, it, it seems very diverse in comparison to Australia. And that's why I'm such a, for being a crooner here in Australia, it's such a niche type of market. True. And, you know, coming from Philly, I definitely know some markets where crooning style jazz could definitely fit in. And plus, there's so many piano bars across like the major cities of America where you'd fit in uh, perfectly. So just to clarify, were you born in Bosnia or you just have family there? Or were you born in Australia? 
Uh, well, I was born in Australia. Both my parents were born in Australia, but all of our grandparents were born overseas in uh, what's now, well, in the former Yugoslavia. So all the countries around there, Bosnia, Serbia, and Croatia. True, true, true. Gotcha, gotcha. Just definitely clarifying that. <laughs> As a creative, like, it definitely seems like you're always trying something new and, and doing the, the next big thing for you that fulfills you. What are some of the things that fulfill you the most as a creative? Um, that fulfill me the most. Hmm. Oh, well, there's a lot of music that I play um, whilst practicing, rehearsing, um, that I never actually perform to anyone. And it's um, music that I absolutely adore. Um, I'm a massive fan of classical music as well. And what well, the newest composition that I've actually done is a classical song, <laughs> uh, which is really odd. Um, I've done a classical type waltz. And the only reason why I'd done that was because most of the um, music that I had been playing previously was very, um, um, it was jazz type chords um played over like blues scales and whatnot um and i never really improvised well i i have but not really too much in depth on just standard keys or uh, minor keys and i said to myself i i don't really um improvise over a a waltz so i'll give that a go and I go, I'll do it in a minor key. So I've come, I was just fooling around and then I ended up composing, uh, you could say like a five minute song, uh, a medley, um, you know, a classical medley in a, in a minor key. I, I call it waltz in E minor. I think it's an E minor. I don't know. I'm not at my piano, but um, it's those types of, um, it's that type of music that it's not that type of music. It's a lot of music because if you actually listen to a lot of the music in my playlists on YouTube or Spotify, it's, it's really odd. It will jump anywhere from, you could say the Bee Gees from the seventies um, into the eighties and whatnot, Australian rock. And then it will jump all the way down to um, you're looking at someone like, um, Tchaikovsky or Johann Strauss. Mm. Uh, it's very diverse, and I don't necessarily perform all those songs because I don't necessarily think there's an audience for me singing an Italian operatic song and playing it. Um, mm -hmm. And plus, it doesn't necessarily suit my style um, if I were to sing an Australian rock song like Jimmy Barnes. Um, so, uh, and uh, well, this also goes back to why I decided to start performing um, jazz music was it's because um, the tone that I had in my voice and well, obviously I'm a baritone, I'm not a tenor, so I couldn't necessarily hit some of the notes um, from most like Billy Joel songs, Elton John, who um, I used to play when I was younger. Um, and that's, why I started listening to Dean Martin because I could sing along with him. And then from, hmm, 
What was the question at the start? I'm just rambling on right no, no, now. No, 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 you're fine. Uh, the question was just pretty much uh, around, like, what are some things that you're trying creatively and, and how does trying new things inspire you? And you, you answered that question. Oh, I answered that. I, yeah, just because the thing is you get onto one train, like thought train, and then you go to the next one and the oh, next sure. one, and then you don't know where you came from. <laughs> no, 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 I completely get that. And, like... <laughs> To conclude, like, what are some things that you see yourself doing in the future of music beyond, you know, recording and performing? Well, I'd like to become self-sufficient. Um that's probably the main part because right now I'm working a full-time job and I'll be doing music gigs if it's after work, during work, <laughs> if I take a day off or whatnot, or on Fridays or Saturdays. So um, that's where I'm flexible. But it, it, it fulfilled me to play oh, well, at a nice nightclub, the, the piano in front of me, a nice audience who sits down and listens to me. Because um, right now you get those types of gigs that uh, you, you get some nice gigs where you get around 40, 50 people all around you and they're all listening to you, you're playing songs, you're singing songs that you're just looking up on the internet and everyone's pissed and having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> those, are, those are absolutely fun gigs. I love them. Um, but the goals, I'd, I'd like to become self-sufficient and perform on a professional stage in front of people uh, in Australia, um, specific, well, not specifically, but to start out with, because Hi, this is Brian from A Day Without Love. Thank you for listening to Dreams Not Memes. I just want you to remember, your dreams matter. If you'd like to support this podcast, email at daywithoutlove at gmail.com for donation information or follow me for weekly episodes. Thank you for listening and joining my journey. Have a good day.